Super Talk Mississippi media production. Spring is in the air, and that means it's time to refresh your wardrobe with the season's hottest trends at the Black Sheep Boutique. Don't blend in this spring. Stand out with the Black Sheep Boutique with two locations to serve you in Tupelo or Saltillo or online at theblacksheepboutiquetupelo.com. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. That's right. Welcome in, everybody. Glad that you are with me on this Tuesday edition of the Rebel Report. I know that uh, there has still been some issues with the uh, the podcast hosting site, the the one that that we upload to to uh, plat- uh, put it on all of the platforms at once. There's been some issues there, so you might. Uh, be getting uh, both the Alabama game recap and also this one like at the exact same time whenever that gets sorted out. So uh, you you get a lot of me today, uh, possibly, as it it turns out. So um, hope it's not too much of me that, uh, you know, too much of a good thing is is not a good thing. Or in some people's opinion, too much of me or any amount of me is never a good thing. But uh, I'm, I'm only kidding. But yeah, um, a couple of you have reached out to me about that. Uh, essentially, uh, somebody joking, of course, is like, where the hell is my Alabama recap? And it's there, I swear. So hopefully uh, that, that gets uh, all sorted out. That is not a, that is not an us issue. It's a uh, podcast hosting site issue. So hopefully that gets sorted out here soon. But in the meantime, we're going to talk, obviously, uh, about Ole Miss and kind of the last... It, these aren't really thoughts about Alabama, honestly. It's more uh, about Lane Kiffin and and moving forward and kind of the dynamic between uh, Lane Kiffin and the uh, the fan base. So let's talk about it because I've I've gathered some information from interacting with you guys and I've I've also got some thoughts myself on what these next two games mean for Lane Kiffin in particular and in this season as well. So we'll get into that uh, here right now. But first, real quick, please follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. And wherever you get your podcasts, uh, this is usually available wherever you get them. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever. Just search Rebel Report, subscribe, and leave a rating and a review. But if you're listening on the website, we appreciate you. Just uh, pull out your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode of this podcast. As I talked about uh, in the Alabama postgame, uh, I am, and I said this on the radio yesterday, so if you are a cross-platform listener, you, uh, you've probably heard me talk about this very thing, so forgive me for the repetition, but what I learned this weekend was um, something that surprised me a little bit is Lane's Q rating among Ole Miss fans is not what I thought it was, if we're being totally transparent. The, the reaction after the game, and by the way, I'm not telling you it's wrong. In fact, I think the the reaction to this game, by and large, now uh, with every win and every loss, there are of course extremes, uh, both high and low. The truth is always somewhere in the middle. But the the fan base reaction, at least the people that I interacted with, um, were it, it was kind of visceral. But I understand where that comes from. Like, it frankly, I felt like the responses mostly were appropriate. The the Q rating is the the phrase I keep using for Lane Kiffin is a lot lower uh, than I thought it was. Uh, fans are not 
making the excuses for him or defending him the way that that I have seen other coaches, especially when you consider who they played. I know, I know, and you're right when you say that this doesn't look like a typical Alabama team. Even the team that beat Ole Miss on Saturday does not look like your typical Alabama team. I even saw some headlines after the game that was like, Alabama is back, and I thought, no, no, they're not. Just because they beat Ole Miss at home as a touchdown favorite does not mean that they are quote-unquote back. They still, even after that game, have not convinced me that they have turned a corner to return to their usual dominance. That is not at all what I saw. Uh, But still, the fan base's reaction to that loss, I think, would have been different had... And this is a phrase that was used to me by somebody else, but I'm going to steal it because it's good. Um, Because the relationship between coach and institution has become transparently transactional. Most coaches uh, don't love the place that they coach, Matt Luke being an exception. But even back to Hugh Freeze, I I know how that ended and all of that, but Hugh Freeze, whether he actually did or didn't, doesn't matter. It felt like he loved Ole Miss. You know what I mean? Uh, And there are coaches around the country that act like they love their jobs but would take another one if offered. Uh, And it's like that a lot. There are very few coaches that truly, truly love the institution that employs them. There are people that are coaching at their alma maters or or whatever. I mean, I I believe Kirby Smart truly loves Georgia. He's probably an exception as opposed to the rule. However, the the way these coaches present themselves to their fans makes it an emotional connection between coach and fan. Shane Beamer is a good example for that. I don't know how much Shane Beamer truly loves the University of South Carolina. I don't know how much Shane Beamer truly loves his job. Maybe it's his dream job. I I know he said that, but a lot of people say that. But I know how Shane Beamer approaches his job and how he talks about his job and his institution and his fans, and it's that of somebody that gives off the illusion that he deeply cares about the people involved at South Carolina. Fans, employees, students, outwardly cares about the place in which he works. If Alabama came open and they offered him the job, he would take it tomorrow. But still, while he's there, it's not transactional. It's emotional. And Lane Kiffin, whether you agree with this approach or disagree with the approach, the approach, he has made his relationship with Ole Miss publicly transactional. And I think that harms him in times like this, when he does the Twitter stuff and talks about how Nick Saban's got a mole in the program and Castle's crumbling and all that, and then plays his team plays poorly and they lose, you get the reaction that you had. This pro mindset concept is a good one. It's smart. It makes sense. College football is changing rapidly. Money's more involved than ever. Players are moving around more so than they ever possibly could So it makes sense on paper, but when the Auburn stuff happens, and we're not going to rehash that, but when that happens, 
And then four different articles come out between the Auburn stuff and now. Two on ESPN, one on OutKick, and now one in the LA Times, where it is laid out in his own words that he stayed at Ole Miss because of his daughter. Which, as a father, that's a good reason. Like, especially in the LA Times article where we really got some in-depth on on what led to that decision where it talked about a slideshow or whatever it was and, and they, they convinced him not to take the Auburn job. That ended it. When his daughter intervened, that's when he decided to, to stay at Ole Miss. And none of those articles, and none of them, oh, well, God, they've, they've committed to me so much. And I, I, none of that was given. It's a financial transaction. That is all it is. He is the football coach at Ole Miss, and his only job is to coach football, and that's it. And it's purely transactional. There is no emotional connection that he presents publicly to Ole Miss. It's just, this is where I coach. They're paying me a lot of money. Pro mindset. My daughter's the reason I stay. And you can present yourself that way, and it'd be fine if you win. Nick Saban doesn't really talk about Alabama like that. It's It seems like that's kind of more down-to-business transactional, but he wins, and so... Everybody's okay with it. Uh, but they, they being you, the fan, allow the Grove Collective, a lot of you anyway, to auto-draft money out of your account every single month. It, it's not just an increase in season ticket prices and having to spend $1,000 a night to stay in a hotel to watch the team play LSU this weekend. Uh, and... The, the seat licensing and all this stuff and the parking and, and the gas and everything's more expensive. And now it's you've got to auto-draft out of your account and then uh, things around campus are, are more expensive when it comes to athletics because you've got to pay your football coach $9 million a year. And the return on that investment gives off the unserious vibe. And it's not working. So... What does all that mean? Nothing, as long as he, he turns it around and wins. But that is is the dynamic that he himself created between himself and his fans. It is different than coaches in, in Ole Miss's past. And I don't think he's ever going to change. I think it would serve him well, though, to change his uh, messaging and approach. Because right now, and if Ole Miss beats LSU, you're going to change your mind. But right now, as, a, as an Ole Miss fan... Are you going to respond this November the same way you did last November with, here, please take my money? Are you going to do that again? Probably not, especially now when the money that's getting auto-drafted from your account is going towards somebody that doesn't play at all. And one of the highest paid players on the team does not play. Are you going to do that again? Probably not. I think it would serve him well to change his approach, to be more like Shane Beamer. Now, he never will, so it's kind of a fruitless exercise on my part. But that's what has created this visceral reaction between fan and coach. And I understand. I, I completely get where, where the reaction came from, and I think it's totally justified. Now, losing a road game at Alabama is not season-ending. I mean, this is... A place that Ole Miss has only won twice ever. So uh, there, there are 
some people that are doing like the sky is falling thing on this season, and, and I don't agree with that. It's one game. They can flush it and play well Saturday and, and win, and things are absolutely back on track. And so that's kind of the thing here is so, uh, so what now? For, uh, for Lane Kiffin and for this team moving forward. We'll talk about that after I tell you that the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com. That is the website if you're in the market for office technology, anything from copiers and printers and mail machines to cloud storage, data security, IT projects, phone systems, whatever it is, if it's technology and it's in the office and your business needs it, absms.com has you covered, tell them I sent you, and you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell uh, you tell them what you need and what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you on me. Advantage Business Systems, absms.com. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. They've got 16 locations scattered across the state of Mississippi, so there's likely one in your backyard. They've got online banking like Everybody does, if we're being honest, but theirs is a one-stop shop. All you need is an internet connection, and you can do everything that you need with your money. You don't need multiple apps like I used to with my previous bank to do everything with your money. Priority One Bank makes you their priority. So what now for Elaine Kiffin? It's simple. Win. That's all he can do. That's all that really matters at the end of the day. All Everything that I just said previously and, and the fan base's reaction uh, towards him uh, is gone if they beat... LSU on Saturday, which is an entirely possible thing to do, by the way. that That's what's interesting about this season in the SEC is, yes, I know Ole Miss lost to Alabama. They didn't play particularly well in that loss. There's concerns about offensive line play. There's concerns about why is Judkins not getting more touches. There's concerns about receiver health. There's a lot of concerns, understandably so. But man, you can do that with every single team in the SEC. Every game is losable for Ole Miss moving forward, with the exception of Vanderbilt and Louisiana Monroe. Every single game is losable, but every single game is winnable as well. All of them. LSU is beatable. They're very good. They're very talented. They're good at quarterback. They're good on the defensive line, which is not uh, good for, for Ole Miss, but they're vulnerable. They are beatable, especially in the defensive secondary. Jackson Dart's got to have a really good day Saturday, but he's talented enough and capable of having a really good day Saturday. Maybe you're a little bit healthier at wide receiver and tight end with a week under their belt, and you have a good game plan, and it's hard to win on the road in the SEC. LSU was absolutely winnable for Ole Miss. Arkansas is absolutely winnable for Ole Miss. And so if if they're able to win these two games and right the ship before the bye week, and then they play Auburn, who's an atrocity right now, things can really rebound, and they are capable. They are absolutely capable of doing that. That is within the grasp of this team, and it's not out of the realm of possibility. You're not asking them to upset like this absolute machine LSU team. The odds makers uh, think it's going to be a close game. Borderline pick them at, at this point. It is, I mean, it's going to be a really good environment, night-ish game. Five o'clock is a night game, I guess. Uh, in Oxford, it, it, you guys are going to be charged up and ready, and this is a winnable football game for Ole Miss. And that's really the only thing that matters uh, moving forward for, uh, for Lane Kiffin. But I do think that... And I said this on the radio show yesterday. Um, we're, we are about to learn a lot about Lane Kiffin uh, over the, the next couple of weeks. Because uh, a lot of people have done the, they pay $9 million for this. You're not paying $9 million to win every game that you play. Uh, 
again, I know this Alabama team is different. I saw it too. They're vulnerable. They're beatable. It was a squandered opportunity. There, there's no other way around it. They, they, if they play better, they win on Saturday. They didn't have to be perfect, just better, and they win. But they weren't, and they lost. But one loss to Alabama is not going to derail this season, and it's not going to. It doesn't mean that Lane Kiffin's not worth what Ole Miss is giving him. Everybody, myself included, going into the season thought that that game at Alabama's, you know, it's winnable, but it's going to be tough because. That's still a game at Alabama, and they lost it, and that doesn't derail the season. But these next two weeks are going to be pivotal for Lane Kiffin. We're going to find out how good he really is, because I know it's not working right now. The, the offense has issues, and it, it, it's had issues. This is this is year two now. They couldn't score against Kentucky last year. They couldn't score against Mississippi State. They couldn't score against Texas Tech. You know, this isn't new. They couldn't score against LSU and Baton Rouge after the, the script ended, basically. From, like, the middle of the second quarter on, they, they couldn't move the football. This isn't new, uh, and that's concerning. But Lane Kiffin has a track record of being a brilliant offensive mind, and I don't think he lost his ability to coach good offense. I don't. I, I think that's. I think it's foolish to suggest that, that he can't, and some people that listened to our show yesterday and, and text in, did that. I, I'm not going to do that. I think it's foolish. He is entirely capable of, of fixing this. But it has to happen right away. Is he a good offensive mind that because of things that he's done in the past and his Twitter uh, gets a lot of national attention, but there's not a whole lot of substance behind him? There's flash, there's high upside, uh, and a lower floor. Is he capable of of building Ole Miss and taking it to the next level? Is that still on the table for him? Because when Ole Miss hits week six, it will be the longest he's ever stayed at a program. I think, if I remember correctly, it was three and two, his second loss in week five at USC in year four that got him fired on the tarmac. Is he a flash in the pan? Is he a, a guy that can't build and can't sustain and is just a journeyman? Or, or is he somebody that, that can continue the consistency that he has shown you through three years that he is capable of? Is that actually him? Can he build Ole Miss and sustain it? Can they get off the mat and, and play well this weekend and possibly beat LSU and, and right the ship? And Is he worth what he's getting? I don't think this past Saturday told us that he's not worth what he's getting. We're going to find out over the next two weeks if he's worth what he's getting. This is where Lane Kiffin proves himself to Ole Miss fans. This is where he proves himself to his bosses at Ole Miss. And I think this is where he proves himself to the country that he is a, he should be taken seriously as a head coach. That he can make adjustments. That he can, for a little while, put Twitter down and, uh, and and play and win and build and sustain. Because Ole Miss was never going undefeated this year. Losses were coming. The question was, where do they come from? And how do they respond to those upcoming losses? The Alabama game last year felt like it kind of derailed Ole Miss's season emotionally. Uh, for whatever it's worth, Lane Kiffin around the facility was, was hanging uh, a parable, which... Wasn't really formatted and written that well, but essentially telling his team, it's one bad day. 
That's it. That's all it is. That's all it has to be. Uh, so get up off the mat and fight, and everything's okay. All of the team's goals are still in front of them. We'll see Saturday how they respond to it. We're going to learn a lot about Lane Kiffin over the next two weeks, and, and they will not write the book on him, but they will tell a lot about his story and, and about his his ability as a head coach to navigate a humbling and get his team ready to play and win. Because this is a winnable football game for Ole Miss, but they have to play well and they have to play they have to be schemed well, they have to be coached well, and they have to be emotionally locked in. Is he capable? We will find out on Saturday. This is all about him. The the loss to Alabama. I, I think as I said on the show yesterday and on the postgame recap, if if that actually gets uploaded to you, um, you know, we can talk about you know the minutiae of line play and and stuff like that. And all of that matters. Uh, Special teams, not great. Also, that's something else that they have to get fixed. But this boils down to to Lane Kiffin and Charlie Weiss Jr. But most importantly, Lane Kiffin. Will he respond? I think he's capable, but it's time for him to prove it. Let's see if he does. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you again uh, tomorrow. See you then. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.